0: Are you already recording?
1: Yeah. I uh, promise not to say anything bad about this place that we're sitting in. I
0: need to make... A, <laughs> I need to do some copy pasta right now. with. Oh, man. You know what Just, I had for lunch today? What? Xi'an. Oh, damn. Famous. I love that place.
2: Foods. What'd you get? I got sale?
1: No. Boo. I want it. Well, should I? Is it good? I haven't tried it yet. I'm trying it's to work the my way through the most delicious thing they have on the menu. Is it really? Yeah. I think the spicy tingly beef is delicious. Yeah,
2: it's spicy, but it's not yummy. Hmm.
1: I was I was gonna try the, the oxtail. Uh but I went for the stewed pork this time. Mm, I I think I should do the, the oxtail next time. I try it's to get something hearty. every time I go. Mm-hmm.
2: You don't eat it very often either. Yeah. Part of the, the animal. The oxtail? I mean You do? I grew up eating that. I mean, but do you often? No, not anymore. Yeah. I, I, I it's have just not something they put on McDonald's, right? <laughs> Is that what we eat all the time? <laughs> Excuse me, can I get the the big oxtail mac? The, uh, dude, that would be delicious. Imagine mm, if they
1: turned that into a mm, hamburger. Mm. No, I, I, um, for some reason, it's just like I can only get frozen oxtail. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I just huh.
0: if Take it's in a, my freezer, I never remember to to cook it. I had some oxtail in my freezer. I threw it away. Did it go bad? We're just in there for a year. I, even though it's, I just don't care. At a certain point, it's like, throw this away. Yeah, I don't know about it. It gets, gets freezer burn. Now. Yeah. Marie Kondo stuff. I mean, yeah, is this oxtail bringing me joy? It is not. <laughs> it is not. Into the fucking bin. All right, you guys are ready to get started? I'm ready to get started. Okay, great. Here we go. All right, welcome back to another episode of. Add to list True Detective season three. My name is Bob, and I'm here as always with my co-host Axel. What's up, Axel? Hey. <laughs> what, what's so funny? <laughs> He's like <laughs> co-host. Damn. Well, that's is, what Alex you are, aren't you? is Alex not here? Alex not here? We'll get to him. <laughs> and Alex, I am here. Alex is also here. Great. Everyone's present. You can put your hands down. Okay. Today we're talking about episode five of True Detective season three. If you have ghosts. This is the second and final episode directed by creator, writer, showrunner uh, Nick Pizzolatto, who directed last week's episode as well, and the fifth of eight total episodes. So we're more than halfway through the season, and I think we're all eager to see what's going to happen, how everything is going to play out. Uh, I like this episode quite a bit for reasons we can get into later, but before we get into format, what did you guys think of this episode? This episode was, I, I, this is, this is the point where they're going to, I feel like they're buttoning things up
1: and they're also like proving a lot of these fan theories wrong. Yeah. So I, I, I this episode too. I felt like it was a little, even though you get like the action in the beginning, like it kind of just became more of like the first episode where it's just like people talking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but other than that, like, I, I think I kind of fell asleep in the last three minutes.
2: Uh, Alex, what did you think this episode uh, you know, predictable. It was It was nice. Um, not as good as the one before. Really? But it's probably the second best episode.
1: Uh, really? But the last episode, you were kind of
2: like... Yeah, that was the best eh, so far. On? Really? that's If you re- listen to it again. I did.
0: Okay. Wow. Wait, we listened to last week's yeah. recording of this or yeah. like rewatched last week's episode? Recording of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's just, <laughs> just <laughs> Wait, we were supposed to keep these short. Yeah, 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 keep it short. Okay. It short. Yeah, I just didn't know if you were if you were done. Like I didn't get a good cue there. Um all right. Well, then let's just get into a little bit of format here. I feel like a lot of things happened this episode, so instead of trying to rip through a summary and then talk about it, let's just kind of go through the episode as it happens. Uh and then we can just talk about certain things. For as long or as little as you want. Certain things are obviously more interesting than others.
1: All right, right on. Can I talk about the title, though? Yeah. I thought the title was dope as fuck. The, um, the title, I was I was looking this up. It's like, if you have ghosts. It's a, like a whole phrase. If you have ghosts, then you have everything. But the last scene in the previous episode, I think it was the last scene, was uh, Wayne with
0: all those uh, dead soldiers and then the one guy in a suit. It wasn't the last scene of the episode. It was like penultimate, right? It was possibly the second to last but it was the last scene of that timeline
1: it was really interesting because like they begin they begin oh yeah you're right the claymore is the last scene the the setting up of the claymore in in brett's house right so not only is the first sequence of the show the last sequence of the previous episode but it's also like the the name kind of implies that if you have ghosts it's like still a call out to the previous
0: episode so i really like that i thought that was really cool and it's kind of the theme for this for this whole episode Let's just get going into what actually happened plot-wise. To open, even though it's not the very first scene, we we start with the carnage that happens at Brett's. Now, we had predictions about what was going to happen. I went low. Yeah, buddy. And you guys went high, but you didn't even go high enough. I think you both said something like six or seven people dead. I said six for sure. And Alex said seven then, Mm -hmm. I think.
1: Brett's Is
0: right rules. Yeah, so I counted um, at least ten. Ten? I I counted eight. No, it's ten dead total, including Brett and at least one FBI special agent.
1: Wait, but you're counting the guys that that, um, walked on the landmine
0: because those guys didn't die. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. One of them hit the trip wire. He died immediately. The second guy shot Roland in the leg and then Wayne shot him dead. And then the third guy had his hands up and then... Brett shot him. So all three of those guys are dead. Okay. Everyone in the front is dead with the exception of maybe the blonde, short-haired special agent. We don't see him die. But his partner with the dark hair gets one right in the head. and He's like the fifth person dead outside. Mm. So it's like those five guys out front, that guy next to Wayne. Yeah, there were lots of people dead. Yeah, the three. And then, yeah, that's it. I don't know why I'm taking so long. Well, Alex, you win because Price is Right rules. There you go. Yeah. Okay. The posthumous conviction. I didn't see that coming. I thought that yeah. he would live. I was sort of right that Wayne was going to wind up with the rat talking to him or trying to talk him down and that Brett was not going to care whether or not he lived or died. Alex, you brought up that like stand your ground. And he kind of says that he's like, I might've been within my rights if I hadn't killed them cops. So he might've got both of those special agents. He
1: did. The other thing that's weird though, is that in that conversation, he also says, yeah, he says that part about "I, I was in my rights, but then he also opened up with, I don't miss. And he meant to shoot those guys. Like he, he, he saw Wayne, had him in his sights
0: and popped off two shots to the side and didn't hurt Wayne. Yeah, because he, he meant for Wayne to kill him. Yeah, The whole point was for Wayne to be the one that kills him. That's what Wayne means when he says, he made me carry his water, yeah. basically, right? His, what if
2: what, Wayne was in Florida or something while this whole thing happened? They weren't, they're weren't. they not buddies. They don't know each other's schedule.
0: What are you talking about?
2: What if this whole massacre thing happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wayne is not there to finish him off.
0: Well, he probably just eats a bullet himself. He has a handgun. Oh. I really wish Wayne was here yeah maybe <laughs> just plan D <B. laughs> just eats it just renames his gun Wayne. just says, well <laughs> carry be, my water motherfucker gotta be awful be some shitty sh- shitty uh some shitty writing okay after that we get to the scene with freddie where they visit him in 1990 and he's clearly he's got he's living a shitty life according to him mm-hmm. uh what do you guys think of this scene
2: he's got a job that's more than they expected. I think they mentioned that he would be in jail w- within a few years, but not for this. Or not for the the murder of Will.
0: Yeah, that's true. They did they did say that about So
2: him. Yeah, he's got a house. That's that's a lot better than well, we don't know if he owns it, but
0: maybe. Talking about leader so, of the purple I, gang? Yeah. Freddie. Yeah.
2: Freddie, yeah. oh I'm all butthurt hurt. Do you know, do you, do you think he's minutes. right? Do you think he's right that like this guy fucked his life up? No. Well, maybe, but it's kinda of deserving. When you're 17 and you're a bully, that's fine. If your life doesn't come out to be awesome, it's kind of okay.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Wayne on this one where it's like, tell me about the trials and tribulations of a white guy in this country because although that, that guy is really pinning, pinning it on him. It's, it's also really funny that Wayne chooses He's very selective about who he, who, whose water he carries. Right. Cause in this case, he's like, I refuse to be the one responsible for this kid, like not. Living up to expectations.
2: I don't think anybody expected anything. Yeah. What did he expect that was going to happen? That he was going to form a band, the Purple Purple, the Purple Game, Days? Purple
0: yeah. Ugh, now I'm smacking my lips. Yeah, I don't think that... So tasty, necessarily. Wayne is responsible for that. But Wayne also, interestingly, just refuses to admit that he was... You know, they, they, were, they were really leaning hard on him and the other guys because... They were teenagers and they weren't going to push back. It was real easy to kind of prey on them.
2: I think they were adults by law. They had just turned 18. That's maybe, why the parents were Maybe,
0: there. but you know, that's totally semantic. So you can wipe that <laughs> shitty <and> ingredient <grin laughs> off your face. They were high school Legal. students. And he says as much. He says, I was in the jungle. He's totally not listening to yeah. uh, Roland when they're in the car. And Roland's kind of like, listen, we got to go back through these prints. Uh, Freddie does say they when they were trying to get him to re-remember stuff. So I think he was alluding to um, the aunt and the uncle, these sort of mysterious aunt and and uncle figures, perhaps. Did you pick that up? I've been noticing, too, that they've
1: been changing pronouns around on us.
0: Who, who specifically? or just like Lots
1: of characters. Now it's instead of like, like for example, they don't say Tom when they refer to Lucy and Will's father. They say the father, like in to- 2015. Right. So they do a lot of these things where they, they change the pronouns a little bit. And it still carries the story. But I'm like, uh, I see what you did there.
0: Yeah, if you're not really listening for that closely, you're going to miss it, you know? Um, so,
2: mm-hmm. no, but tell me what you really think about this generation. I think they're a bunch of pussies.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: I, I, millennials. Yeah, basically. Yeah, could, could we go back to the Brett thing for a little bit? I I wanted to um, talk to the mic, Leah. Oh, stop smacking your lips. Stop smacking my lips. Uh, the I was surprised to see that Brett wasn't in the Wall of Ghosts. So there's this big protest. From Wayne and he's like oh he made me carry his water he feels like the, the guilt I guess of doing that but he does not he doesn't really feel guilty because it's not bothering him it does, doesn't come back to haunt him in 2015.
0: Well that's what I mean is that I don't think that that wall of ghosts represents everyone he's ever killed I, I think the shooting was entirely justified he's upset for making for having been made to kill him because Brett said he was going to kill him if he didn't right? Brett said he would kill Wayne if Wayne did not. So that's justified. Kill him, I, you know. The um, I still think the other guy is is a situation where he should have been able to protect that person. Hmm. Um, so if I'm Wayne, I'm mad at Brett, but I don't feel all that much guilt. It was a clear cut case of me versus you, and you you laid it out clear as day, you know. So I think he's upset, but I don't think he feels
1: feels bad. Not yeah, I don't him.
0: think it keeps him up at night. I think it, it's more the kind of thing that will. Just make you just sort of get hot under the collar when you're thinking about it. But you have anything more to say? No, just no, I was done. All right. Well, now we're back in the car. We just talked a little bit about that. Um, I thought this was continuing, continuing to just address that being poor, being black, being poor and black, being poor and white. Because when I was thinking about what Wayne was saying, I'm like, I don't really know if the kids had anything better. Like Freddie, you know, he, he wasn't really all that better off than, than Wayne. You know, Wayne is doing the thing where, you know, blanket statement, being white in this country is better than being black. Um, and Wayne probably had to overcome a lot to get to where he is, but I don't really th- know if Freddie or anyone had the kind of chances that, um, Wayne maybe thinks he would have had just cause he was white. And you know, he says things like, am I the reason why I skipped college? Like, I don't know if he could have afforded college. He, d- he probably doesn't know that either. So These are kind of things that I sort of think about during that scene. Mm. I don't think it's more about like whether or not,
1: what's his name again? Freddie. Freddie. Jeez. Like they're so unimportant to me because I think they're just peripheral to this whole thing. I don't think that the statement had to do with him specifically or that white people specifically, it it ignores that fact, right? That white people specifically may have more chances. I think for him, it was just like, he growing up being an 18 year old kid, his only choice might have been, if I want any type of improvement in my life or progress, I should join the military. But it never it was like a, a doubt in
2: his mind that he was gonna that he, he was gonna like where would he where would he end up? But why does it bother Wayne so much? I think he does feel it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if you are gonna think about it this much and complain about it or complain about someone that's complaining about how they you messed their life up.
0: I think it ties into some of the issues that he has at home with Amelia. She kind of lays it out pretty succinctly for him and for us that he has this put-upon attitude that, mm-hmm. you know, he had to um, scratch and claw and grind for everything and that anything bad that happens is something that's put upon him and everyone else is, you know, using some kind of a cheat code to get ahead. You know, he's resentful of Amelia using right. the events of the... Of the of this crime to further her career. Another thing we can get into later. And I just think that he resents the fact that someone like Freddie or whomever thinks that he somehow had a hand in his, in where his life is. When Wayne believes that Freddie had every opportunity in the world to make something of himself and just was lazy or didn't do it. And I I don't think that's true. Well, so here's the
1: thing I kind of want, like I, I identify with that opinion a little bit. Because I see people who work with me who only ask for things, right? And I realize that the impetus for them to feel like they like it, they deserve it, you know, they ask for it because they're like, "I'm asking for it because I haven't gotten it yet, so give it to me." And my impression of this is like you—that's that's the representation of privilege, right? When you when some, when like somebody like Freddie comes by and is like, "You're the one I'm putting this on you," literally, he's saying that, right? This time it's not Wayne doing it to himself it's that this kid is saying like you're the reason why i didn't get to go to college and my perspective of that kind of situation is exactly like wayne's it's like i walk out of this door assuming that this world is going to screw me over right and that nothing is going to be fair so if i change my attitude to think not exactly like wayne but to assume that that's going to happen to me then i don't i get the things that i deserve because i work towards them and i don't get the things i don't i don't get
0: because i didn't work for them and that's basically I think kind of how he looks at it all right let's move on next we get to a scene where Roland and Wayne are questioning this is in 90 are questioning the runaway kid in the green jacket so I don't I don't think this kid is gonna be all that useful he's just delivering us information but he mentions some girl named Mary July who Wayne immediately fixates on as being Julie and Roland is not as hot on it he's it's of interest to him but he's he's not he doesn't latch onto it the way that Wayne does.
1: Yeah. Did you notice that kid's uh necklace? No. What, 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 what kind of necklace was it? It was a spiral. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was like, it, it wasn't the exact, like, you know, three turns, but it was a spiral. Oh. Go check that out.
0: Yeah. He's, it's just another misdirect and like just little props that they put in there. So then back in 2015, we've got another interview with, eliza wayne is is back in the chair and the last scene they had together was when he went to the hotel room and she mentions this guy harris james who is interesting he was one of the officers processing the crime scene back in um 1980 after the incident at brett's and she says he goes missing in 1990 which is weird which means that he went missing right around the time when they reopened the investigation which seems pretty suspicious my question is is Harris James the guy in the suit that is in Wayne's, and Wayne's uh, like dream yeah, or whatever? His, uh, yeah, his hallucination. Are we talking about
2: the picture that he's handed over to?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. That's totally him. I, I went back and I checked out that scene, and it, the guy's dressed exactly like him. You don't see his face, but he has a very similar haircut and tie.
2: You can see by the way that they, someone dresses their face.
0: I'd have to go back and look at that as well. I, I didn't compare his tie in the photo to his tie in the hallucination but when he's at the crime scene he's not in plain clothes he's wearing um county sheriff garb you know mm-hmm. he's got the hat and the jacket and all that kind of stuff so yeah so is is the hallucination him did he or roland kill him and we- did he plant the evidence at the scene like there's a lot of questions around this guy why and, did they kill
2: him well we don't know why that he? they did no I'm, I'm pretty sure that wayne did but i just wonder why
0: well wayne in 90 believes that some of the evidence was planted that the backpack that had Will's name on it was totally pristine. There wasn't a shred of dirt or debris on it. So there's, he thinks there's no way it could have been in that crawl space because it looked like it had just been put there. Maybe he gets,
2: he goes into interrogation mode and he's like, tell me who who gave you the orders. Tell me who who told you to plant this. And then he says it in that exact voice. No, he says, tell "Tell me, me. (laughs) tell me now. And then I I guess he gets pushed to kill him, and then they have to bury him somewhere. I don't know. I don't know about the. (laughs) I've been wrong before. Not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I I know that he dies by Wayne's hand in some way. Well, you don't
0: know that. Well, he
1: has to. He has to feel guilty about it. You know, like I I think you're you're right in that either he he kills him directly and feels bad, or he. Harris dies because of some action like unintended consequences maybe
0: I'm surprised you feel so confident because you think everything else is a misdirect this is, this, this is clearly this clearly falls into something that they like could easily be misdirect. well I have
1: I have a whole theory like I'm slowly trying to get to the point where like we we talk about like the press conference and stuff because I think that there's there's a there's a thing that happens here where okay. I think
0: that Harris like plays a role in it okay hold on to it until later next we get to dinner with Roland and Lori. So we asked about his relationship status. You guys had noticed the picture of Laurie on the desk. So that Damn. turned out to be true. Yeah. Or is it? We can get to that later. But if we want to play the uh, semantics game, I was also right that he was not, he was not married. Yeah, you're because right. Because they have right. that conversation. Um, so they get to dinner and the big, the most noticeable thing is, again, that Amelia just really wants to talk about the case. And Wayne really does not want to talk about the case. And he's, he's like so pissed basically. And it's super awkward. So,
2: Well, I don't know if she really just wanted to talk about that. I think she asked a question and she got nagged by her companion and that regardless of who you are and you're with your friend and someone tells you, Hey, stop talking about that. Like talk about what? And then that argument ensues. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's fair. They did let some of that marital Roland could have just said like, Oh, you
2: know, things. And then next question, that's the polite way. But Wayne had to go the tough route.
1: Yeah. I think this is the part where we start seeing like the, so remember when I said that this case is kind of like becoming a a wedge that drives them apart. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't feel like it's like something that, keeps chipping away at their relationship necessarily. But I, now I'm kind of like in this, in this world where I believe that the case in their relationship has become sort of like, like a third in a, in a, in a threesome. Like when, the, when a couple decides they want to be polyamorous, but they didn't set any rules for the thing, but both people are kind of interested, but they're interested in very different parts in time. And now this thing like drives them apart. And because they, they both, they're both kind of jealous when the other person's partaking in it, when they, the other individual doesn't want to partake in it. Okay.
2: This is like, this is that, that scene to me seemed like that. I'm into the case right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the other person was like, I'm not into the case. I don't want to even listen to the ca- anything about the case. But right he now.
1: doesn't like, that's not really how he feels. He he's just not drawing he just, does, he just
2: doesn't want to share the case. Exactly. Like, like, a, like, threesome. He, no he tells her, I don't want
0: to even listen to anything about
2: the, the case. Yeah. From you.
0: Exactly. Both of them just don't understand each other with respect to the work. And it is difficult because she's not out doing another true crime story about a different crime. So the case just means two different things to each of them. It's been plaguing Wayne forever and it's just something he can't close. She doesn't really seem to understand the concept that these things really weigh on him. She believes that he's using it to... He's intentionally almost using it as a way to avoid being at home, which is what she says. And he believes that she... Is using it knowingly to just prop herself up to make herself to 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 um, advance, yeah, yeah. well, to further her career. So she's resentful of this ambition. There's just a fundamental lack of understanding about what it really. They just want the other to see it their way. Yeah, it's separate expectations. It's, different expectations. It's really. I I think it's just that simple. I
1: think you're right. If Amelia had her way, this thing would never close because she could have like another three books out of this. Right. But for for uh, for Wayne, he he does. He works on this because he wants it to finish. He wants it to conclude. So I think the the end goals are different there for sure.
0: Well, they get home and then the fight kind of continues, which is really just what we just talked about. That's essentially where they air their frustrations there. But at the same time, I can kind of still see that there's love there. And it makes me think that if it wasn't for one of their involvement in the case, that they would be living a much happier marriage right now in Hmm. some way. They love the kids. They seem to love each other, but the case is, is just such a, it's just such a wedge. It's like, it's like that annoying. What
2: don't we do not do? That question kind of like threw me off. (laughs) You didn't like that? What are you talking about? Yeah, they
0: just reluctantly like we're we'll never going to bed without I love yous. Do you cringe a little?
2: No, I I just it, it it busted my head when I read the question when I because I read it with subtitles. Too. Uh, what do we not do, or what do we do that we don't do? <laughs> That's true. Who's teaching you grammar? Yeah, it did. did uh, you
0: word, learn your words. Yo, yeah. isn't she a teacher? <laughs> wow, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the kids made and it. In no up. context. Well, at least not for the viewer. I mean, I think they figured it. I, you know, what? None of us are married with kids. I feel like this is a thing that parents would understand. Yeah. But I don't know. All right. Next. Okay. Intercut into this is old Wayne then remembering like his family. It, it, there's some. Ed, there's a lot of editing that goes on in this episode. Yeah, sure it That was way. creepy, man. That
2: was a really nice switch.
0: Yeah. The the only thing that bothers me is that there's different. Maybe it doesn't bother me, but there's definitely different editing techniques that go on from, but epi- sometimes we don't see them at all. Sometimes we see them again. Like this is very much like episode one, but it was creepy. And it it's, again, it's another, this thing, like, is it fucking supernatural or not? Like what the hell, you know? So he's going around the house. He's like, where's my family? Where's my family? Goes into, the, he goes and looks into his bedroom and then he sees himself with Amelia and the kids. And he kind of opens the door, pushes the door open. Then we cut back to being from the 1990 Wayne perspective. And then he sees the door just open like a few inches. And then he's like, what the fuck was that? Goes back to whatever. We see him hold hands with uh, Amelia and he looks outside and he sees... 10 years ago when he's got his stupid hair his stupid wig and the blood in his shirt and then we cut back to the hospital. So again this is the first time that we've seen these flashbacks involve like some kind of physical movement some kind of weird consistency like the past and the present have effects on each other,
2: right? Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's not supernatural. I'm I'm pretty sure it's just
1: uh, That's one of the themes. Like you probably had pointed it out like in earlier episodes of this show, right? Like the 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 rival situation where like time is a flat circle mm-hmm. right so i think that's kind of the how they just push it maybe it's not supernatural but it's just an effect of like to create yeah, mood it's kind of cool
2: yeah i liked it
0: i mean i even liked it but it's now got a song about that thing for two minutes when it might mean nothing Which is, like <laughs> kind of, kind that's the theme of this show kind man. of annoying okay now we're in the hospital after the shootout amelia shows up she's freaked out wayne's trying to give his statement it's probably to um to ia or whatever He's like, don't talk to me again until tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. They go back to her place. He's triggered by, I guess, what she's wearing. Like he, something smell. she's wearing. Yeah. Ivory soap and uh, chalk. chalk dust. Mm. And there's Picture. some switches. He's like, you know what? It's, it's time on. to get it on. Yeah, basically. So then he goes back to her place. Was little, she was definitely a little creeped out. He's like, why are you taking she was like, why are you taking your clothes off? That's you doing. That's what really doing.
2: Boss ass move to do. It was a, I, it
0: was a I pretty... never thought about doing that. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen How I Met Your Mother? The Naked Man? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's so down to the listen, point. No questions. No whiskey. Boom, boom, boom. Listen, you don't do and that. The, and, the, and if she don't want, then she'll you'll get the cue, and they're like, "All right, I'll just put my clothes back on and get out." Listen, you
1: don't do you don't do that unless you know that you're gonna get the, the appropriate like reaction.
2: But you never know if she you're did, gonna get the appropriate reaction until you do it. Until you knew I don't think he was for sure. He was just that's what on his mind. We didn't
1: smell what he smelled. I, I don't have any reason to believe that she really did it. Oh, it's just ivory soap okay. and chalk dust. Well, hey. from
2: your perspective, do you think Wayne is a person that's gonna think twice? Oh, I wonder if she's gonna think this way or the other. No, I think he, he looked, was in like killer mode, like uh, not I, thinking. I think it's how he deals with, with the stress. Like, a lot of.
1: No, I think he deals with the stress this way or whatever. Like he was, his he just saw his buddy get shot. He just saw ten people go down, and he had to kill a guy. You know, and now he's in this hospital. The moment of levity, and this woman comes in. She's dressed really nice, got her hair all like, Phew, you know, a little flip bang. And
2: and do you she- think he decided that he was going to pull this move at the hospital? Oh yeah, yeah. I think he was like that's
0: why he's like, let's get out of here. What do you? Think I don't even him? think he was pulling a move. Yeah, I think they both realized that when he was like, let's get out of here. I think they both knew what was going gotcha. go on. I think she was just surprised that there wasn't like the let's have a drink. Let's pretend everyone have knew. a drink for like 10 minutes. He just yeah. immediately is like, this is what's up. Right. Like yeah. I didn't, he didn't, didn't even seem to think twice. Eh, maybe he did. No, no, there's still some good acting, but like, it, where, it,
2: where do I put my shirt? Oh, he, there's a chair.
0: He was just focused. Like he, he walked into that room and he was
1: just like dead stare, like started unbuttoning. And so and then cool. she turns around and is like, what are you, what
0: are you doing? There was, there was very little hesitation. Yeah. Um, on anyone's part. Okay. So anyway, so now we see the first time they really get together and then it's on. They get married in 1980, so it doesn't take that much longer. Um, so, cool. Right. Well, I lost my place in my notes. Where are we here? Hospital. Oh, yeah. Okay. The door shuts on that scene and then we see this great transition. <laughs> transition that we've seen many a time where someone opens up an old evidence box <coughs> and they're staring right down the barrel of it. And he can't find those unknown prints. So the prints they're talking about Mm -hmm. are the prints that Roland brings up in the car when Wayne is seemingly not listening to him. Mm -hmm. Right. It's we need to go get these prints. We have to put them into the database. They didn't have the database in 80. They're not there. And then we just get the classic fat waste of space (laughs) cop in the uniform cuz he doesn't even own a suit work in the evidence locker and he's totally unhelpful like his job
2: is coming up with excuses of like why stuff isn't there oh you know things go yeah, lost.
0: He's just that guy, and I feel bad for anyone who really works in an evidence locker in a in a, in a, in a uh, for the police that cares about yeah. his job and is meticulous about record keeping and knows where things are.
2: Getting portrayed this way,
0: two out of every three <laughs> of these characters is portrayed as the most useless waste of space that just serves to like throw another wrench in the investigation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you you would think that those guys are the ones that are most dependable and trustworthy, right? Like in on TV shows and movies, they're just like you are the worst.
0: Well, TV has sh- us TV has us like believing that in the scene where you know Mel Gibson is shooting uh, smiley faces into the uh, the targets from eighty five yards away, he's over there and he's just shooting around the guy <laughs> from about ten yards. It's like, okay, well, this guy can't shoot. He doesn't even know how the safety works. Let's stick him in it in, like, evidence. Mm. Give him some rubber bullets. Like, that's what it always seems like to me. Yeah. So they, uh, I'd love to know if if, they're, if they're, those guys are really being misrepresented.
1: Yeah. I want one day for one of these guys to call in. And then we can talk to him about like what his trials and tribulations of his job.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that if you're if you're old and you don't want to, you don't want to be you want to transfer to something safer. Yeah. But this character in particular was like a young guy, you He's a think young fat guy.
2: You think it's much safer today. the evidence locker?
0: Yeah, it doesn't even have windows. You could just get shot. Like what, what happens? Like how? you can get shot. That's why they keep all the cocaine. You're watching too much Narcos, man. I don't think break-ins to the evidence lockers happen quite as often as you think. I
1: don't think so. I don't know. Oh, man, my people like to dig holes underneath walls, man no.
0: <laughs> like- yeah, which is oh god, I can't even get into this <laughs> too many fingerprints unbelievable, can we go back no, like we're, 30, moving, 30, we're never 30, going back. 30 minutes ago. We're always going back. Is Wayne still doing the interviews? Yeah. Which interviews? Yeah. He's still doing the interviews. Yeah, but I mean, he I thought went it, back
1: I, to Eliza and told her, like, Yo, do, you know...
0: Yeah, right.
2: yeah, but he also told the, the son, yeah, I'm not talking to her anymore. Wait, he doesn't have to go with the son? The son was not in that shot. Right. But the interview continues.
0: And she had a different hairstyle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. All right, well, back to uh, 1990 Wayne. While he's stewing over the fact that they don't have that those prints, he's staring at the... Corkboard, and that's when he has that realization that or when he thinks he he figures out that the will's backpack was planted there so he brings this to roland roland's like what am i supposed to do with this also how do you explain the burnt sweatshirt and wayne essentially says well they needed to make it look like julie was dead The scene took three days to process and, you know, someone, no, no one looked that hard at it, including us because they just wanted to close it. Mm Uh, and then he says, well, why, why doesn't Allen's people, why don't Allen's people like have this information too? And the state keeps putting off the subpoena. So they haven't seen any of this in discovery.
1: Told you there was a Brady violation. A what? Brady violation. What's that? It's a thing that like happens with these retrials for homicides and stuff where um this there's a there's a part of uh, building a defense where the prosecution and defense have to share information. It's called discovery. And in some cases, the def-
0: uh, the prosecution doesn't share everything. I like how you just explained what discovery was after I had just said that they didn't see they didn't didn't see it because they put off the <laughs> subpoena and they would have seen. Well, it. Well, that's in, what that's in, in exactly
1: uh, what it is. That's a that's discovery. a Brady violation. And essentially, when, when the defense doesn't share something during discovery. Man, that would have been One a lot sentence. quicker if you said yep. it
0: if you said it that way. <laughs> No, but
1: they I just have, did. <laughs> yeah,
0: after I, <laughs> after I after summarized the time. Jesus Christ. Oh my God.
1: Okay, this is for the BTS so everybody sees how 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 mean you Listen, treat us. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep the rough cut of this thing under two fucking hours. My God. Okay, where the fuck were we? <laughs> <laughs> we were, all right, all right. Julie calls in. Julie calls in. Oh, no, sorry. Mary July calls in. Well, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's super, you know, it's pretty creepy. They bring uh, Tom back in to listen to it. And she says a lot of alarming things, including that she believes that Tom is not her father. Who's that guy that's pretending to be my dad. Um, that's not the exact wording, but. It's so vague
1: though. The, the, the way she says all that stuff. She doesn't give, like to me, I couldn't believe that it's actually Julie because she didn't give any details and everything's so vague. I also don't think that she's talking about, um, that when she says that it's like, oh, that guy who was acting like my father, I don't think she's talking about like that Tom is acting like her father. Like we, we think we know that Tom is her father, but I think to her, she knows some other kind of detail. Her father isn't Tom. Her father's in that shot where we're like, Tom is talking about like Julie come back and that whole thing to her. That guy's not her father. Somebody else in that shot is question is who?
0: Oh, good point. So she Hmm. sees it on television Mm -hmm. and we think that she's talking about Tom, but it's like, no, there's other people on camera and he's not the only one to speak at the podium. Mm -hmm. So the only other person who says anything is Kent, the attorney general. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that it's it's possible that she's talking about him, you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of ties into a whole, well. Could work. It could. We can get there. By the way, we did miss something earlier that i will address quickly um the kid in the green jacket he says that she refers to herself as a secret princess from the pink rooms oh yeah so i don't really know exactly what that means if you guys have thoughts on that we can get to that later do you remember one of the
1: drawings i think there was like a drawing that julie had made or something and it was a pink house in the background
0: yeah probably and this also may tie into what you mentioned in a previous episode about that playing into the Dungeons and Dragons, the the role playing yeah. that she and Will were doing. Um, she also says when she calls in, "Where's my brother? We left him resting." Yeah. So she may not know that he's actually dead, or she's just so traumatized by the event that she's constructed this this narrative, this fantasy where she's she's still acting out the thing. You know, it's like like you said, it sounds crazy, but you know, she's
1: people. Do deal with traumatic events in a very strange way. Yeah. You know?
2: So, so that, that that confirms that that was her. No, Who else would really. know that that the details of how he was laid to rest?
1: Eh, but you're reading a lot
2: into it. No, I'm listening into it. Ye- yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: <laughs> that's that. kind of the same <laughs> he, thing. He's not
0: reading it into it any more than like you or I yeah, are. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. You that's
0: know, her. That's her. I think it is too. I I definitely think that it is Julie. Do you mm-hmm. think it's Julie, Axel? Yes or no? Quick.
1: Yeah, because it it feeds into... I don't care why. I just
0: want to see yes. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Also, one thing that I I scrolled past was... um, Tom. Old Old Wayne also is reading the book and he hears the line that Amelia wrote when she had visited Lucy. And Lucy says to her, children should laugh. This is yeah. not a, a house with a lot of joy. I didn't notice this at the time either, but that's what the note yeah, said. So now he thinks that she wrote the note to help Tom move on. I mean, I'm kind of spoiling the last scene because that's when he explicitly yeah. says this.
1: Do you Do you believe that she wrote the letter
0: i don't know i i thought the misspelling of shud was pretty key uh, that would have been the way that you'd kind of identify or be able to close in on whether or not someone wrote it if yeah. they spell everything correctly but you can get kind of like a handwriting sample and the person spells should shud
1: yeah do you do you think she's well here's the other thing this is a little bit different right like maybe she didn't write the thing but do you think that lucy's involved in some way
0: I don't know, but yes and no. Well, I think there's a difference. I think she's connected mm-hmm. to whomever took her, and or sorry, took her meaning Julie and what happened to Will. But I don't think she's like involved, as in she's guilty of of, of knowingly being part of like a conspiracy to kidnap or any kind of actual criminal right. thing. I'm I'm with you on that. I think she's she's connected. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about that when we kind of get through this summary, which we're almost done with. So now I think. We're at the end, which is Old Man Dorf. Yeah, so this is my this is my favorite scene of the episode. do we even skip a couple things like what, what? Tom
2: Tom looking at the corkboard thing and was like, "Oh, is that her? Is that her?"
0: Oh, that was in the That's beginning. Number one. No, oh, I guess we didn't mention it, but yeah.
2: Number two is the oh, press we conference. got in there? By the, the press way. conference where um, Woodward's kids show up and they interrupt the, the Perry
0: Mason thing. Yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah, that was a good one. You're right. That actually was. What? look Quick though. What do you think? Or do you think there's anything significant? In well, there? I mean, it, I think it, that's why I must have it, forgot it. it.
2: I think it confirms what we were thinking. Like, um,
0: who was pushing for this thing to reopen? It's the kids. They come out. Come oh, back yeah, you're it. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, again, that was surprising to me that the kids were the ones who wanted to posthumously. Yeah. overturn the conviction i just i said multiple times i didn't think that was going to be the case but
1: i wonder it how wrong. it affects them you think they'll go into that i kind of i kind of really want to know like how it has affected them so much that they decide to do that posthumously especially if they were estranged
2: can you guys explain to me um who's representing the kids because that person seems to know when he was
1: they're... like the assistant da or something he worked on the case with the guy who's he's up against as a prosecution So he's now the defense when he used to be the
0: prosecution 10 years ago.
2: Okay. And he's going after the DA now that used to be his uh, assistant. Correct. DA.
0: Yes. Kent was Allen's boss back in 80. They're both, I think, prosecuting attorneys.
1: Yeah. Which is why Wayne goes, like, where was this Perry Mason shit back in 80? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Because he was, like, on the other side. Why didn't he, why wasn't he so bullish as he is today?
2: Okay. Yeah. Good.
0: Um, did we miss anything else before we get to the final scene? No, I think that's it. Okay, so yeah, when what, Roland and Wayne reunite, this this mm. is definitely my favorite scene of the episode. Probably my favorite scene of the whole show mm. up to this point. I think it's probably so far the episode they submit to the Emmys um, <laughs> for acting because it's really good. Um, before I get into it, what did you guys think of this scene? Dude, I like old man Dorf. He looks good. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if he looks good, but he's... he's Steven Dorf is really great. He, yeah. I think, outshines... Wayne a little bit in that scene for sure yeah oh, no, this, is, this is this is where steven dorff gets his nomination for uh best actor in a in a, in a drama tv I series
1: I, I signed up for that newsletter for this old man Dorff newsletter right then and there even though uh mahershala was uh was crying like that's his crying scene
2: but I'm, i know I'm you're Stephen gonna Dorf. get into it but i just wanted to say that so, so, since we're talking about crying i i really liked the part where um roland he, he doesn't like force the tear out he lets it um, just um, tear down, but you don't even see the tear. Actually, it's such a small tear; you only see it because he slightly tilts his face, and the light shines on that that little um, streak of water. Mm. I, I I really hate it when um, actors like um, really cry,
1: Cry mm. their balls out.
2: No, no, no. no. When they like uh, blink their eyes a lot, like more yeah. than more than required for crying. Like if you are really crying, you don't have to force it that much.
1: And it kind of goes with the thing, too, where it's like they're not trying... They're trying to hold it in. So they're trying uh, not to move it. Trying not to... Crying...
2: Trying to cry... Trying not to... <laughs> <laughs> Have try- you ever cried, Alex? Alex? Let him finish. <laughs> trying not to cry. That's that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Um, you want to talk about the... How we s- get to the crying? This, yeah, like the sadness of like not remembering.
0: Yeah, it was just really... It really showed how Wayne's his memory problems are just really tragic and it's not just about oh I can't remember the case I can't remember this it's 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 weird like he has dementia and it's been almost overlooked at least by me as a viewer because you're just upset that he Mm -hmm. doesn't remember the case like you it's just more holes in the mystery but we can really see like how they they Roland and Wayne just had this relationship and that it really has hurt Roland that Wayne didn't come see him, that he doesn't. And it's like when he realizes that Wayne just doesn't remember, it's pretty heartbreaking because he's like, I can't remember anything. I can't remember my life. I can't remember my wife. And it's the first time I think I really felt like we could see the bond that forms between two people when they're working together under like a tremendous amount of stress Mm -hmm. when they feel like they're the only, the other person is the only one who understands them. And then when one person disappears or feels, feels betrayed by the other person, how sort of damaging that can be. He is understanding of the
1: fact that he got married and that things change after you get married. Yeah. But he didn't expect it to be just kind of like cut off and never see him again for 24 years. Would you, would you, after going through some kind of like experience like that. And then let's say something then he wronged you in some way, your, your partner or whatever, the the per- person you're working with. And then 24 years later, they have dementia and they come to visit you. Like, would you, would you forgive him? Like, cause that whole scene was basically like him saying, petitioning his grievances. Like, he's like you come in here all smiling and shit, thinking everything is okay. But 24 years have passed and there was like a schism. What now? And then he doesn't, he's not going to get
0: the explanation.
1: He's not going to get the apology that he wanted
0: got one but not really the one he wanted well i don't know i think he i did think in a way he did get it because it was sincere he when he's when roland is talking to henry henry tells him he's shaky he doesn't remember a lot and he doesn't remember the last time he saw you henry to roland right and roland expresses to henry that he's he well let me back up he he he's, he's like does he remember why i'm pissed at him and henry's like i don't think so And so Roland kind of looks out at Wayne and and says, he's, he's, he's like, well, maybe I forgot to, you know, he's ready to let it go. Hmm. He becomes upset again when he realizes that Wayne is trying to enlist him to dig up these skeletons that they have because Roland, you know, buried underneath sort of the emotion and all the stuff we talked about is the fact that they both did something terrible and they're the only two people who know and much like in season one, I guess, where, not, not much like, but similar to when they staged the uh, the killing of the meth guys to make it look like, you know, they just got fired on with the AK as opposed to, you know, um, Marty executing one of them and the guy blowing himself up in their, uh, what, is, what does he call it? His, uh, like, hillbilly home security system or whatever. They, like, Roland is like, how, how, how can you come back here and not do this talk about this mm-hmm. and not even apologize for what you did that then this is when we learn that he just really can't remember and then you can see Roland soften that's when he i think that's when he sheds that sheds the tear and i just thought it was like a really beautiful scene but at the same time what the fuck did they do it probably has yeah. something to do with soft the, yeah minus- <laughs> soft bobby are
2: even you tearing soft. up right now
0: i don't KD. know i guess if i deny it <laughs> Hold have on, to, the listeners they, will have to choose whether or not to believe hey, me. You face the business. light. Face the light. Just
1: a little. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, well, well, imagine the responsibility there, right? Like, it, it, let's say you and this other person did something, Alex, together, right? Like, yeah. Let's say you, you committed, like a you, you changed, you changed somebody's I would make, destiny. I would,
2: I would stay that with that person as as a friend. Yeah. I for would not, friend. I would not just disappear for twenty five years.
1: But what if you were on Roland's position, which is that he was there, but the other person that
2: you were in cahoots with just disappears for two decades. Oh, what would I do? Yeah. Uh, Would I be mad? Probably. But I, yeah, I definitely would not go back and want to go back into that um, situation.
1: But think about this as old men. Yeah, that's true. But think about it this way,
2: two people that
1: did something that nobody else knows they did it. Just leave it that way. Wait, wait, hold on. One of them doesn't have any memory of it. No recoll- recollection. Hmm. Imagine the amount of responsibility that Roland West has. Oh, he's carrying the water. He's kind of carrying the water, right? But here's the thing: he can change the story. Yeah,
2: a little bit. He can keep uh, Wayne from getting into too much trouble. This is the title. If you have ghosts,
1: you have everything. If the other person that we were in cahoots with is no longer, no longer has. The recollection of those ghosts. Then who really has everything at that point? This is a really interesting and very big opportunity for Roland West, and I, and it kind of sucks for me because when I when I, I rewatch it because I fell asleep during that. Let's be honest, the last three minutes I fell asleep, but I went back and I watched it, and I was like, "Fuck, this guy has all the cards," and it kind of ruins the story a little bit for me because we might never know the truth because yeah, now it's going to be Roland West's truth.
2: Yeah, I think from the get go, I don't, I don't, I think we predict or at least said that. We're not going to find out what what really happened. It's going to end that way.
0: You think so? Mm-hmm. You think we're going to be left, like, wanting?
2: Like, whatever happened to Julie? It's not the important part of the story.
0: uh, Which isn't. Like, what happened to Julie? You think it's going to transition to
2: what did they do, as opposed to what happens... How the the case that they were handling destroyed their lives or mm, affected it in negative ways.
0: Yeah, there's a couple questions, you know, Roland, or Wayne says... That when he picked up and left in 90, he had personal reasons because of Amelia. There's a lot of things that in three episodes, I don't know if we're going to get, you know, Mm -hmm. there's the deterioration of sort of both of their personal lives. You know, obviously Roland... And Laurie don't have a life together for presumably that much longer after 1990. My guess is that it falls apart after they do whatever is whatever it is that they did. Maybe something it, goes wrong with Amelia and and Wayne as well. I think we don't know that, but I think they're. I think it did.
2: Maybe it's a nod to season two, where things that th- that case kind of spun out of control and it just made everyone's life miserable. No one was a winner in that one.
0: Hmm. It might be parallel, but. I don't think it's necessarily a conscious nod to season two. I think Maybe it's just a general <laughs> I think, theme. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it is one of those, one of the themes I think of this show there, this is, is true or not that when these cases are really bad, like you just don't get, you can't get away from it. I think it's a, it's a little bit cliche. I can't tell anyone from experience, but part of it is just the fact that no one really understands what it's like to be around death, to be like murder police constantly. You know, it, it just grinds you down. Yeah were you guys
2: shocked by that line from uh roland when he said you didn't even close most of your cases like yeah wayne, wayne is this bad luck person where he can't I, catch
0: a good case I, He did, so here, he's like half your cases never closed but
1: i i have a feeling that that's kind of every homicide detective well
2: how is that a, a jab then if that's the
1: truth it's not i think what he was telling him was like why this one why is this one so special no but he if said most you of your cases, you haven't Solved most of the cases. Yeah, but I don't think it was like an incriminating you. I think it was one where it's like, you're bringing me into this thing. This one particular case. We've worked other cases. And most of the cases that you've had, you didn't solve. Why do you bring us back into this one? Okay. I think
0: that's what it was. Gotcha. Be interested to know what kind of cases he's talking about because I don't know how long Wayne was in the State PD as a detective. Don't know how long Roland has been one. Don't know how long they've been partners. And we know that they stopped being partners mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. the first time in 80, and then they stopped being partners again in 90. So over a 11-year span, we only know that Wayne worked one case twice. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I'm going to guess that Wayne stayed on the on on the force at least until one of the kids was like maybe a teenager. So he could I get think back. I think
0: he says that he he leaves, he leaves and and Roland stays. So
2: the kid wants to be a cop because his, when he was six year old, that's when his
0: dad retired from the force. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm, OK, I don't know either. All right. Let's get to persons of interest. Can we add someone? Yeah, I mean that's I think that's kind of the point. We want to add people. And I cross want to add Amelia. Off. You want to add She's
2: Amelia? She's suspicious now. Okay, let's talk about that briefly. She is a little suspicious. Tell us why. Well, I don't know if. Well, the way you got you guys were talking about um, the line in the book where she says, "This is not a happy house." Blah blah blah. Yeah, she li- she heard that from from Lucy, and now it's presumed that Lucy is the person who who wrote the letter. But also Amelia's in the picture, and Amelia was julian will's teacher i think she's pretty close to it it wouldn't make a lot of sense i get it that um, amelia is directly involved in the murder of will but why is she so interested in this particular case
0: so it could go the other way where lucy read the note and then she said to amelia children should laugh this was not a very happy home right so wayne obviously thinks that Lucy is the one who did it but if you think about what we know is no guarantee that that's something Lucy says and then writes on the note it could be something that Lucy just had in her head from reading the note and then says again to Amelia so i Her involvement in the case, she's extremely involved. It kind of fits the serial killer mold of whenever they commit crimes, most of them, they stay close to Yeah, they're close to the scene. This is also why in season one, the modern detectives were really looking hard at Rust because they took photos of this new series of crimes and he was there. So the long and short of it for me is that you cannot rule Amelia out completely hmm. on her being actually involved which would be kind of horrific but also kind of interesting it'd be it'd be fucked up I'd
2: sink my teeth into that that sounds really cool <laughs> there
0: <laughs> there's some there's some fan theories
1: that that put it on her but I think it's really light
2: and she uses Wayne because of his shitty memory oh, but that's so tough like it's tough to m- make it work I, I know yeah but if they could
0: well what are some of the things that the fan theories are are using as uh, I guess circumstantial Evidence that she could be involved, more involved. It's it
1: it, it really is this. Like you, when you're a serial killer, you want to stay sort, you want to kind of revisit the crime, you want to be in touch with it. But she's really close, and I think that mind that kind of puts her at a like disadvantage there. The fact that she's writing this, she, I think the thing people were drawing a lot of conclusions, and with this episode changes things for them is that she had a lot of information and it was very difficult to know whether or not she got that information in 80 or 90 and how did she know certain things. So, and because she already had a relationship with the kid, you know, and she had an alibi or an excuse, I guess, for it, then people ignored her, but that that just sort of made it easier for her because it, no one ever questioned it. So people just, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't buy into that one. I buy into a completely different one. What's your completely different one? So I think it would be really cheap to have this this conclusion where it ends basically like there's an there's an organization or there's like a Ugh. pedophile ring right but i Ooh. think i think it's going to be like unsatisfactory a little bit i think that what ends up happening is that kent the the current da mm-hmm. had an affair i think it's gerald kent is his gerald first kent. yeah
0: i think i just remembered
1: so he he has a an affair probably with lucy and she gets pregnant nobody they don't talk about it he gets an opportunity to kind of make these kids disappear. Um, I don't know if Hoyt Foods very is involved in this because they kind of showed him once and then they, they're out. But I would I would feel like maybe there was sort of some kind of like not a pedophile ring, but there was a conspiracy where you have people with a lot of power and wealth inside of this small town in Arkansas who make a deal. Right there's Kent who has this kid that if it ever gets out, it ruins his 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 like ambitions. And he's a parallel to Bill Clinton. It's funny that like you saw that picture of Bill Clinton in in, um, in Roland's house, right? Is that no, what saw? in, the, in his, his office. office. In his office, right? Like that whole thing to me is just like it's a parallel, right? Like the governor of Arkansas will be president of the United States, and this guy in 1990, maybe seeing that happen right before his eyes, and he's thinking, "I'm DA. I could be governor now. I can."
2: He starts thinking about all this stuff. But that's very unlikely to. Presidents but, coming from the same state and following that same executive.
1: Well, what I mean route,
2: is that that's not like maybe he's stupid. It's not that stupid. It's just like
1: it's a, it's within the realm of possibility, right? You see somebody else do it; it becomes a lot easier. Like how do maybe, world sp- records get broken? Is because somebody sp- else did something, and then you are like, well, maybe I can be better than that, right? And that keeps
2: happening. You'd be ha- you couldn't be from the same state.
1: What I am saying is that like I, there are parallels between Bill Clinton and Gerald Kent. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that if you could get rid of certain things in your past, like get rid of your skeletons, your ghosts, mm-hmm. then...
2: So he's got the motive. Yeah, 20%.
1: I think that's his motive. And I think he makes a deal with this woman in the, in the brown luxury sedan, uh, who is probably one of the Hoyt heiresses or heirs or whatever. And they lost a kid, right? Remember, she's in a picture inside of the, the Hoyt Foods office for the charity. She's holding a little girl. That little girl's gone. She's dead. Oh. She kind of matches up the same, the same age as uh, Julie. And I think, I wonder if like, they sort of figure it out. They know that the DA, that's his daughter. So they make this deal where it's like, you, let's abduct this child. You got to play in, into this. You got to figure out this conspiracy, protect us. But we're getting that kid. I think that might be it. Okay. I so, follow
0: you, but that's such a- It's a bit of a stretch. Of I, I, should, I would, should probably read this theory myself, but let's just try to put it together right now. So what you're saying is they're, okay. <laughs> Julie is an illegitimate child. So let's start there. Yeah, I think we all, we all think that something's going on there. It's w- like we hear it right away from the parents in, in like episode two or something. So Julie's father is not Tom. And whether or not Tom kind of in his heart knows this or not, seems unclear. Doesn't actually seem to be terribly important right now. When Mary July calls in, she says that thing about that guy pretending to be my father. Is he talking about Tom or is he talking about, say, someone else? Axel, to your point, um, Kent, Gerald Kent. Mm-hmm. The Hoyt Foods connection is the aunt and the uncle, the people in the brown car. Is that, yeah, one of Hoyt's daughters who is the one who lost a child and is the guy driving maybe someone from the chicken line who got injured and is now uh, just like a driver. You know, He, he kind of almost ascended to being, you know, a personal driver or something like this, because one detail is that that car is supposedly very nice. Now, it's hard for me to imagine a really nice car in brown. I guess that was like a 90s thing. People getting nice brown cars, probably with a lighter tan leather interior. Got to save on that insurance.
2: Yeah. Is that so,
0: caramel chocolate? Yeah, basically. It's like milk chocolate on the outside, caramel on the inside. That that's that pearlescent tan? Yeah. It's called, uh, we're, 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 this, is, this is the Godiva package, you know?
1: So, if you buy three cars, they're all like different shades. Of no, black. I'm just,
0: I'm just saying it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, caramel filled chocolate, like the outside is this and then inside it's <laughs> oh shit. I it. want
2: velvet cake. Man.
1: Now that you say that, like you started making fun of that. I think that's baller. I would do that.
0: Well, <laughs> well that's cause you nights. have bad taste. <laughs> Right, anyway, yeah. or outdated taste at that, the very least. You basically put the theory together. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. to me, it's there's a lot of there's nothing so far that says that's not it, but to me, there's nothing so far that says yeah, nothing points to it. it. Nothing. It, it's it. just one of those things. Like anything that can be true, let's just get it out there and see what people
1: think yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. It. But I, I like this one a lot because it goes with the storytelling and. It makes... I'm listening to these pronouns like they're... Before the first few episodes, they were really specific. They pointed out who. When you, when they said he, it was he. Now that when they say they, when they say the father, what does that mean? And that call was so vague to me. At first, I didn't believe it was Mary July. And now I, I kind of still don't believe it because it's so vague. It could be somebody calling and misdirecting, but... I would be really interested to know what Tom said after he heard that. Because mm. they cut right after that. And every and what they give you the sense of is that everybody in that room thinks that Tom did some shit. Right. But really what it is is that Tom knows something. And in his heart of hearts, does he know
0: who the father of Julie is? Sidebar, I'm kind of waiting for Scoot McNary's episode. He's in and out. He's... Today, he's he's a pretty well-known face. He's he's somewhere between that guy to being just like a really good character. He's in a lot of stuff. And I'm kind of waiting for him to have more than like 90 to 120 seconds on screen. He's really barely in this episode. Yeah
1: and he gives one of the better performances of the whole show.
0: I think he gives a great performance. I just think that when if we were to really like uh, comb through it and look at how much time he's on screen it's very little. <laughs> it's just really not that much except for that first episode. Yeah. What about James Harris? James Harris is also one of those like guys that
1: is does a lot of work. Like what he's like in the, some Marvel movie, right?
0: Which one? Who? Uh,
1: James Harris, the the guy in the photo.
0: Harris James? Harris James, yeah, yeah. Oh, the no, he's he's not Col- he's not Coulson.
1: No, no, not Coulson. But he, he's he's done a lot of stuff. Like he's in the actor. Yeah, I don't know. I have to. Look I it recognize up. him. I just I, I'm like I've seen him before. I know he's in a lot
0: of stuff. I see him a lot, but I never remember. Um, well, we kind of bled. Just bled like persons of interest into predictions and theories, but that's okay. We'll just lump these into this. Aren't one. they kind of the same? Yeah, thing. into yeah. one side. Well, you know, persons of interest is more of like a case recap. Well, but hit,
1: hit us up. Like, well, who who we got? We got Amelia. Now we had we we touched on Lucy a little bit throughout the show. We got Scooty McNair.
2: I think you can scratch off Freddie.
0: Okay, so we're gonna eliminate Freddie. As being someone who is yeah. involved. Not for explicit
2: evidence against it, just because it doesn't... I
0: don't think he's involved. It doesn't, doesn't really fit, right? yeah. Yeah, Okay. We're done with him. All right. Lucy, again, has been dead since 88. But if we think any of these sort of theories about <coughs> the illegitimacy of Julie tying into what happens to her, she's connected. Yeah. Even if she has nothing to do with the disappearance. Unless she was involved in the disappearance No, she wouldn't be because they're they're both her kids. It would be Scoot. It would be uh, Tom who you feel like could have been involved in a situation if he thought that Julie was going to be taken away, but Will was never supposed to get killed. Hmm. Yeah, we've seen this before in TV and stuff like this. Where
1: can you imagine how diabolical it would be though if it turns out that Scooty McNair was directly involved in that? Because all the scenes that we saw where he's driving around. And the pain that he displays. Like, what kind of sociopath is this guy that okay. he's
0: suffering? Yeah, let's go back, because now you're, you've reminded me of two things that happened in that final scene when they're old that we didn't talk about yet. One is that Wayne mentions Tom, and then Roland refuses to say his name. He says, he calls him that guy whose name you just mentioned. And I rewatched this a couple times, and I think he's talking about Tom. I don't think Tom is around anymore. I feel like he died. It's hmm. my guess. But Roland, who in 90 has created quite a bond with Tom by help, helping him get sober he seems to have went totally the other way by the time we get to 2015 something happened with Tom the other thing Wayne mentions is that he does remember that Hoyt and he just says Hoyt, yeah, Hoyt came to visit him came to visit him and he didn't tell Roland at the time he said the day after it happened and i think he means the day after the two of them did something It's 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 hard to it's it's hard to uh to piece together. And I watched it a couple times because he can't know that Hoyt came to see him after like the day after the thing that they did if he can't remember what they did. So this is what I think. So maybe Wayne remembers what they did, but he doesn't remember what happens after, which is why Roland's mad at him.
1: So this is what I think. I think that James Harris is Hoyt's boy. Who the
0: fuck is James Harris? Harris James, whatever his name is. The the the, the dude in the picture. You're like oh. Bo mixing up all the names. Scooty McNair. Scooty McNair. <laughs> <laughs> That's my
1: name for him, dude.
0: <coughs> Love this guy. No, who who do you think he is? The the the, the he's like an
1: agent of Hoyt. Oh, okay. he's got he was there in the scene. And he
2: planted evidence, blah blah blah.
1: Might have planted it, whatever. Like he's 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 responsible for that, right? Mm-hmm. He's his mole. And I think they might have either done something where they put, you know, when you, when you want to catch a mole, you create a disinformation campaign. Yes. You know, you tell everybody all this information and then you figure out where that detail that's fake, that's trackable ends up. So if you're the people that, that are, you're not working with. They have the information all of a sudden. You know you have a mole, right? And you give different versions of it to very specific people and then you can track it, right? We all saw the departed. We the know, departed. know how it works. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so you do that. I think they did something like that with this Harris James guy. And Who's they? Uh, Roland and, and, uh, and Wayne. See, maybe.
0: But here's the other thing about this.
1: I think it gets him killed. I think they didn't mean for him to die. But Hoyt, whoever Hoyt is, kills that his, his his man, and then comes back and says, "All right, I know what you guys did, and that's why they have this confrontation." That'd be nice. Hmm.
0: Well, that would mean that the the thing <laughs> that Wayne and Roland do that's so terrible is not that terrible is not actually killing Harris. You're right. It's unintended consequences. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's it in no? terms of what when they're saying, "I know what you did." And I know what I did to me, trying to smoke out a mole and then him getting killed by the people who he was working for does not rise to the level of I know what you did and I know what I did because you're doing the right thing. You're doing your job. You're trying to break the case. And again, it's like a matter of. You know, not being able to protect someone who is a bad guy just so that you could get him to court and testify to me does not rise to the level of keeping you up at night for 25 years, especially given the nature of this entire case and all and how kind of fucked up the whole thing is. Hmm. So I think that I don't think you're wrong. I think that 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 makes some sense that Harris is someone who is giving information to someone up, whether it's Gerald Kent, whether it's Hoyt, whether it's both. But if he is that person and Hoyt. Or Gerald Kent or some other agent of theirs, someone who's doing their dirty work, gets rid of um, <coughs> sorry, gets rid of uh, Harris, then Wayne and Roland must have done something else. You think they tortured him or something? They get information and that's why Hoyt comes back? I don't think so because he's still a cop. Mm. Cops don't torture other cops? <laughs> I mean, you watch in this pot. universe, maybe, but in reality, uh, like... I don't know. Mm. This doesn't really seem like,
2: you know, and Wayne either doesn't remember or does not want to tell the interviewer person that he did talk to this guy.
0: What if Wayne does remember and he is lying to Roland Mm. Mm, dirty? He wants to get the information hit from his side and see what he does. What if he realizes somewhere off screen that when he's putting it together, that Roland was involved, (laughs) that Um. Roland was playing him the whole time. And he needs Roland to believe that he can't remember any of this so that he can lull Roland into a false sense of security. And now that he's drudging all this stuff back up, he can get to see if Roland is gonna try to manipulate him because Roland believes he can't remember anything, yeah, into like sort of pinning it on him in the end. But Wayne like he yeah. he's actually he's he's playing dumb with Roland, what about that? Yeah, I can get I can get
1: behind that because one of the first things that I thought when if, if I put myself in Roland's position, if some if, if Wayne came up to me and said, I don't remember anything, you gotta help me, I'd be like, Okay. Especially if we did something messed up. I'm like, I'm probably gonna change a couple of details so that I don't look so bad. Mm. If you know the truth, right, if you have documentation of some sort, evidence that like these are the things that I can make up happened, and then I change a few things so I look better in a certain light, you already know you can't trust me.
0: Cool. So. Uh, we have to see. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I going to watch. His son him. is a cop. It Thunder. could it could turn out to be a little cheap if you know he's been working with his son the whole time and we just never saw any of that on screen. This is the only thing that bothers me about when shows do this is that sometimes the reveal can be really sort of cap- captivating. Like they okay, perfect example. They do this on they did this on Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. So when. Arya and Sansa finally kill L- Littlefinger. Yeah, this this was like an uproar, right? People were like, "I love it," but I, you know, people like me were like, "I do kind of love it," but they just didn't give us enough clues in the episode that Sansa and Arya were working together. There was there was barely anything we could even go back and look at and say, "Ah, oh, we missed it." But this was something that maybe some kind of a signal that they had as children, as an indicator that like we actually have an, uh, like an understanding i remember thinking about this and going all right great great scene for the fucking for the starks like awesome little finger you're dead but also i'm sad because he's a great character but i was a little disappointed that it just felt like it was out of nowhere it's like you missed an episode yeah i was like where was that yeah. did they leave the did they leave those scenes on the cutting room floor like what happened it, would you have been happier if they did like a little ocean's
1: 11 reprise and they show you the scenes that happened. I would have not liked it because it just
0: doesn't fit with the show. But I mean, in, in, okay, well, yeah, in, in Game of Thrones, you're right. Like, Something totally, any kind of a, you know, part of the storytelling is that... Like, in Game of Thrones, you know that there's going to be a heist. And then you're just... Part of the fun is waiting to see how they did it. Yeah. And whether or not some of it was a misdirect, some of it is not. The format or the, the style of this, of this show and Game of Thrones was never that. It was never... We know what this is getting to. Like, that's not the surprise. The surprise is like, how do they pull it off? What goes on behind the scenes? And then they basically, you know, instead of doing like a lame. Hey, we gotcha. Let me explain to you how, you know, Soderbergh, ha- you know, he, yeah. he I'm pretty he sure the style
2: and he, he showed us. I'm pretty sure the writers came up with really nice clever sprinkles of clues of how this was going to come come together beforehand, but then the maybe some kind of showrunner or producer was like, "No, but there's too many intelligent people online. They're going to figure it out before we even get to that episode." And then it was like, "No, no, no. Just cut all all Clues or evidence that this could this is you're talking about Thrones, yeah, yeah, maybe. And it's was like, but then people are going to be upset.
0: I was da, like, da, nah, da, who cares? Da, da, we're gonna go, da, we're da, going da, for the da, 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 yeah,
2: uh, we're going for the shock. So for this show, though,
1: what's to, how far apart is a Who Done It and a heist movie? Like, I don't know. I think you might be right that this is something they'll do, and then later on they'll show you the scenes of if they do it. I, I would
0: actually appreciate to see how the sausage gets made. You know? <coughs> mm. Okay, we're running a little long, so let's let's kind of close things out we've got a couple theories now so now i just came up with this one on the fly which again probably on the internet but i'm not reading the reddit threads wayne so here's so wayne knows more he's he's remembered stuff in his research and he knows more than he's letting on and he's trying to entrap roland into admitting what he did or not so much admitting what he did but to find out definitively whether or not roland was involved In And the reason why this whole thing never really got solved and all this bullshit, right? If he was being disingenuous in 90 or all the way back to the very beginning in 1980, there's a theory that- Is that Lucy and Ken Ken. had
1: an affair. There was a child that's illegitimate. Right. And that um, the DA essentially is in the pocket of Hoyt and they made a deal. It's like- you want this to be, get, to get out, it ruins you politically, or you can help me be part of this conspiracy. Okay. I'm
0: still curious how, what the connection would be between Kent and Hoyt. But I guess if that turns out to be true, we'll find out. Maybe they
1: do campaign trend contributions. The whole thing is like the powerful, like for example, just a parallel between the Clintons and, and Tyson foods is that Tyson foods is they, they con- contributed, they rose this, the Clintons to power, right? could be the same way they, mm. they have that connection.
2: And Alex, what was our Amelia one? The common denominator I see in, in all this evidence gathering is Amelia.
0: Mm. She is really interested, and it is a question of whether or not it, the book is is it, or whether it's just an excuse for her to stay, try to stay one step ahead of of the investigation. Also, in it's what's going on?
2: Classic thriller um, mystery. The person that you meet in the first five minutes is the person who, or the characters you see in the first five minutes, and yeah, that's, that's
1: it. That's very noir, very Maltese fact, Falcon mm. and stuff. Yeah.
2: If they can make it work, that'd be awesome, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Three
2: very different theories. Three very implausible, but
0: three, three very dumb met. guys in yeah. the podcast studio. <laughs> <coughs> Trying to figure out what the hell Nick Pizzolato is doing with this episode. Okay, so that'll that's gonna wrap things up for us here. Atlas will return next week with True Detective Season Three, Episode Six. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.